I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. April 5th, 2021. Road Roadmaps. Wheel of Fortune. Overcoming Mark Cuban, Asteroids, Rabbits Pooping on Artifacts, and Dad Bods. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily podcast. Or, it might be part of a double-blind study conducted by the CIA, effectively an extension of old mind control studies like MKUltra. If you don't like it, please continue to listen anyway, so that our data gathering is not compromised. Hello. And good Monday. Happy Monday to you. It's different than good morrow. Yeah. Which I think, honestly, let's be honest, that's a really pretentious, douchey thing to say. I, yeah. If you say that on the reg, um, not going to say you're a pretentious douche, but I'm not going to not say that either. Okay. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we're recording at night. It is night. It's it is past night. bedtime for some of our children. Including me, the biggest child of the home. <laughs> it's been a... Uh, we recorded the day before for anybody that had put uh, one and two or two and two or two and three or one and three together. Mm. So it's Sunday for us and it's been a full Easter Sunday day. And by full, it should be noted that because of our lingering bout with the stomach The sickness of both ends. We kept it to ourselves for the most part. Yes. We did not go to Mass. It was the second year in a row we've missed Easter Mass, so that was a little bit of a gut punch. But we did drive by the parish and scream obscenities. Mm. And I feel like that's half the battle. (laughs) We didn't do that. But Meg wanted to. I said no. Yeah. Um, but truly it has been, it's been, when was the last time we recorded? The last time we recorded Um, Wednesday. Yeah. We had not, the twins and I had not yet gotten sick. We got sick Wednesday night. That night. Yes. And then it's just been a blur of vomit and diarrhea since then. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that's sexy, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But we're better for the most part. For the most part. Um, it is Monday. It's April 5th. So far past April Fool's Day. Whatever you had, it's stale by now. Yeah. It is National Caramel Day. Now, do you say caramel or you just say caramel? Here's the weird thing about me. I go back and forth. Sometimes I'll say caramel, but I think I mostly say caramel. I like to, when I'm thinking about it, I like to say caramel. Yeah. Because I'm a pretentious douche and... I feel like when I'm not thinking about it, my redneck takes over and it's like, it's caramel. That's how I say it. Honestly, I say it the redneck way. It's not like... Ele- you skip the second day. Yeah. It's not like all elegant like caramel. It's yeah. like caramel. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then I... Get your caramel apples and your candy corns. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right you, and you have to say it gruffly. Well, of course. Or it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, caramel is a delightful treat. Yeah. It's simple. It's syrup out of sugar with milk and or butter and loveliness until you get to the point of a light brown color. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it has been made for at least 140 years. Nice. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, older than that. Who knows? Who knows, really? Um, one thing, though, is undeniable, and that is that it is loved by millions. Okay. All over the world. All over the world, you say? All over is the this, world. This is quantifiable. It's, in fact, an intergalactic treat. Oh, okay. Yeah. The aliens, they knew what caramel was when they got here, and they are like, damn, you have caramel, too? <laughs> That's the only reason they didn't annihilate us on the spot. It was like the caramel brings us together. Yeah, there we go. Um, I lost my place in the notes. Um, yeah, undoubtedly, why. this is why it has its yeah. own holiday. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly. And it's a holiday that is observed every year on the 5th of April, regardless of what day that is. National Caramel, 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 Caramel Day, however you want to say it, it's what it is. Now, have you ever heard of the old hack of throwing sweetened condensed milk still in the can? into a mm. pot of boiling water and somehow transforming that? I have heard of it. I feel like that's a good way to blow your shit up. It feels extremely risky mm -hmm. and dangerous when yeah. you could just make it the more traditional way. Or just freaking buy it. Or made, just buy some, right? yes. They sell it. In fact, I recall not that many years ago, we ran across a place that sold it in the same format as a fruit roll-up. Yeah. Stuck to cellophane. You could wrap it around an apple if you were a real That's, lazy ass and have a yeah. caramel apple. Yeah. Or you could just wad it up like a chaw tobacco and throw it in the old mouth. Yeah, pull out your fillings. Yeah. Get yourself to the dentist. Well, you want to suck on it so you get all the cavities all the way through, not mm. just the one side that you're, you've yep. got the chaw on. Yeah. Um, how about some caramel facts okay. for you? Would you like a few? I would love to hear some. Okay. One, caramel is a candy. It's made by mixing melted sugar, butter, vanilla with milk and or cream. And I'm desperately curious if you might be able to do this with ice cream. Oh, hey now. Instead no. of just plain cream. Because okay. plainly, it doesn't have enough sugar in it. Mm. You need mm -hmm. more sugar. Um, caramel sauce can be made by mixing melted sugar with cream okay during the mid 19th century which is the 1800s thank you for clarifying yes over 400 mm. american candy companies were making caramel what yeah that seems like a huge number for the mid 1800s i feel like they were all regional there was no okay, yes, national candy company so it took a lot of people to pick up the slack okay that makes sense. and i feel like it's a better solution because as soon as the big one comes along and puts all the mom and pops out of business then you just have shit caramel <laughs> oh gosh okay it's true this is what happens I'm real aggressive on that. well i get angry about the walmarts of the world putting mom and pop out of business um, Milton Hershey, and this is, here's just to back up what I just said. Okay. Milton Hershey, you jackass, he just thought caramel was a fad. Well. Of course you did, you yep. turd. <laughs> you were getting you, so wound up over you this. You made this not awesome. <laughs> you put the notes together today, not me. I did not know you were going to get so aggressive about these caramel. <laughs> Wait, isn't today national? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I misread the notes. So today's National Caramel Day, but October 31st is National Caramel Apple Day. As it well should be. What kind of apple do you like caramel on? Uh, Green. Granny Smith. Perfect. Thank you. If you'd have said Red Delicious or Fiji or whatever, I probably would have punched my phone and quit. Oh, well, I'm glad I, I gave the right answer. Yeah, then. it was a... It was a far more important moment than you realized. Okay. I Gosh, I had no idea. Um, the caramel apple was allegedly invented by Dan Walker, a Kraft Foods employee. Mm -hmm. Later, one of the first walkers in the, what's the zombie show? Damn it. I spoiled my Walk own thing. The Dead. Walking Dead. He was a walker in The Walking Dead. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Whew, thanks for... <laughs> Let me crap the whole show up there, although I probably did anyway. The word, the word caramel was first coined in 1725, and it came 
from the Spaniards. Yeah. Where, where they said caramello. Yeah. Which it's, is a better word. Isn't caramello like a, a candy bar? Yes. Okay. It is, in fact, one of the candy bars that every one of these fundraising a-hole yes. high school kids with their boxes of chocolates and crap. Yeah. Yeah. Caramello. And it's, yes, it's a chocolate. The bar is segments of yes. caramel filled. Mm. It's gooshy when you yeah. buy it. And I appreciate that, but I still don't like high school kids. Okay. Even well, our own. Just for the one. record, even for even our own. We I'm do not have one. don't feel guilty like, oh I have a high school kid. Kyle doesn't like it. I don't like any high school kids. It's mm. mm-hmm. just who I am. It's what I do. It, it is what you do. It's my specialty. Yes. Um how do you celebrate this? Well, day? you could do a lot of things. Most of them involve eating caramel. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. And in fact, Possibly getting rid of a few fillings. I because they're made from mercury anyway, uh, and you shouldn't have that in your head. They have, there are people that pull their teeth over this. Well, that's true. That's true. Some of the things you could do, of course, are eat some caramel candies. That will pull your filling right out of your if head. It's, if it's hard caramel, caramel. Now, caramello, that's a soft. Oh, no, that's caramel. true. Yeah. So you're just gonna you're gonna it's gonna be the slow yeah. cavity deterioration, not yeah. pulling anything out. That's true. Um, make a dessert, a caramel-based dessert, if you want. Okay. Any suggestions there? Flan. Perfect. Thank you for saying that. I can die happy. Okay. Uh, I love I love flan. Flan is the, it's the cheap bastard's version of cheesecake. And I'm not saying that like it's something to feel negative about. Because sometimes you don't have time to make a cheesecake, but you want one. Yeah. And that's where flan comes in. It's like, hey, I'm still here. Flan, when you've gone to the bar trying to hook up, flan is that one that's still there when you struck out the first few times. She's still there for you. Or he, depending on what you're looking for. You are on a freaking roll tonight. (laughs) You are on fire. I'll probably get fired. (laughs) I will probably get fired after this episode. That's okay. I'll rehire myself. (laughs) Okay, good. You can make a homemade caramel sauce and pour it over your own Mm, ice cream. Yes, and you should. You could make a homemade caramel candy or my personal favorite and preference, make some caramel popcorn. Ooh, that's delightful. Yes. Good call. Good call. Hey, if you wanted to, you could use the hashtag, hashtag National Caramel Day on your social media account. Yes, and you should because I won't. Big Caramel wants you to say Yeah, Big Caramel's like, hey... Come on, try it out. <laughs> Big Caramel is a turd. Don't trust Big Caramel. <laughs> Big Caramel didn't even think Caramel was going to be a thing. They thought it was a fad. <laughs> That's Screw true. Big Caramel. It's true. It's too true. Okay. All right. National, this is the second thing of today. It's National Read a Roadmap Day. I put this in the notes for my own self. Well, and for me. Yes. We, we've talked about this we recently. We have recently. Um, so... Today, everybody's got their devices, right? You plug your phone in, you use your Garmin, your whatever thing, and it tells you... Siri tells you where to go. Yeah, yeah. Now, we talk about this too, and I appreciate the fact that in none of these these digital applications, although I wish there was... I wish there probably is a downloadable app to make it this way. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd love to hear just every once in a while, hey, a-hole, you missed your turn. Instead of proceed to the root and recalculating, <laughs> and they, they like never condemn you for blowing it. Every once in a while, just as a little jolt, it'd be fun to have. It. Oh, good job, a hole! You blew that one. Now you have to go to the next town over. And if you've ever driven through Oklahoma <laughs> on the turnpike systems, you'll know if you miss your exit, mm. you may have to drive forty-five miles to get yep. off and get back in the right direction. Do you, anyway, do you speak from personal experience? Once, once, and it was the most enraging experience of my life. I can't tell you the number of times I thought, well, I know cop cars go through that middle part. Maybe I can swing it. But I I just never could make myself do it. My face hurts from smiling already. Okay, so it is National Read Roadmap Day. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there definitively there's people listening right now. Some of you right now who you've never used a paper mm. map. That's true. Whether it was a multi-fold, never fold it back up the right way map Uh that you got at a gas station or the true old road atlas, which was a 
Rand McNally. What, like foot and a half by yes. two foot book. Yeah. And you opened it and you... Hell yes. Oh, yeah. It was it was delightful. Um, there's people there's people that never had this in their life. Yeah. And, and it saddens me. Um, what are your memories of this as a kid? Okay. We went on a not small number of road trips when I was mm-hmm. growing up. This was in a station wagon. With This was the pre-minivan era. My fondest memories of those is my parents apparently also loved a road map. We had every year the new edition of the Rand McNally Road Atlas that was a book. It had all the states in it, probably some territories too. Yeah, and if it wasn't Rand McNally, it was bullshit. Yeah. You knew it was a lie. That's right. And I would pass the hours. I'd while away the hours, sometimes reading books, but mostly reading the road atlas. It wouldn't matter what state we were in. I'd get bored with that. And I'd just look at maps of the United States. Ooh, Topeka. Where's that? Yes. And I would also entertain myself by looking up the index in the, or not index, what it, it had a listing of cities and their populations in the back. Oh, yeah. And so I would just entertain myself by saying, like, how many people live in Topeka? And then I'd go right. look it up. Did you see the section where you could look major city to major city? Oh, yeah. So if you looked under oh, yes. Topeka, you could see how far is it from Topeka to Dallas? Yes. Or yes, I yes. doubt Oklahoma City made the listing. I don't know if it did or not. Well, if, Oklahoma, if Topeka did, you did better you just, put Oklahoma City Did on you there. just say Oklahoma? Were you getting ready to say Oklahoma? <laughs> Yep, Oklahoma. That's, that's what I call it now. That's dirty. No, it's because the folk live there. In yeah, well, it was more like <laughs> instead of FO, something else. Anyway. But we were bonding over this the other day. Yeah. We were talking about family road trips yeah. and the importance, the pivotal importance of the roadmap along the way. Yeah. My dad, who I miss dearly, he's no longer with us. He's an incredible man. Um, he oftentimes, in fact, every time, if he had the option, he picked the harder choice. Oh. Because he enjoyed the challenge. Yes. We bought a, hmm, probably 19, somewhere between 1982, 80, let's just call it somewhere between 80 and 84 Chevy van. And this was pre-minivan era. It oh, yeah. was a van, big... Full-size. Full-size van. And he bought it in cargo van format, which meant there was the interior was entirely metal. There was a driver's seat and a passenger seat, and that was it. Yep. That was it. There were no windows down the side. If we were going to abduct anyone, we had the van for doing it. You were good to go. Or if he wanted to participate in a special ops mission. Either either way. Sure, yes. FBI surveillance, all of that. Totally. Well, he, he bought it that way, and we spent a whole summer working on that. Cut holes. Terrifying, if you've never done it, to cut holes in the sheet metal in the side of a van to insert windows. Um, and you only get one shot, right? Yeah. You guys were so far ahead of your time. No, he, he, not Her us. Her dad yeah. was so ahead of the time. Now, van life has kind of replaced RV life. People do these big high dollar conversions on vans to take them out on the road, live in them, travel right. and stuff. Your dad was in the 80s like, you know what we're like, I can do? do this. Yeah. Move. I got it. Did it himself. Did that. This thing, because of the era that it was in. There was no surface when he was done. There was no surface other than the dash and the windows that were not covered with shag carpet. Oh, yeah. Even on the ceiling? Ceiling, trim pieces, and he did a two-tone thing all the way around. So you had light brown, dark brown. Oh, it's a tan van. And then light brown, dark brown, all the way around the interior. Had Flex Steel, which was like the premier brand of seats. The back seat folded down into a full-on bed. It It was incredible. Yep. And we would go many summers in a row. We would go on the Great American Road Trip mm-hmm. and usually somewhere around four hours in, mom fatigued, either mom fatigued with sitting in the passenger seat or dad fatigued with mom sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> yes. One of the two, I, I will not declare which. Uh-huh. And then my sister and I would take shifts sitting in the front seat, feet up on the dash. With the gigantic to us, yes, Rand McNally Atlas opened up, trying to figure out where in the hell we were, where we were going. Now, 
in retrospect, <laughs> Dad knew where we were. He knew what highway we were on, and then we he knew we would be on it for hours. Yes, yes. But yes. he would he would quiz us and oh, where where are we now? And oh, we'd get all busy yes. looking through there, and it was it was a delightful time. It really was. <laughs> Well, today's the day to celebrate. Yes, you should do that. Go you should find do that. a roadmap if Go you can. Go find a van, <laughs> a cargo van. Build it all out, but at least get the map and do that with your kids. Make them feel like they're guiding the trip, even though mm. you know where you're going. They may actually learn a life skill because, hey, we're not that far off from whatever apocalyptic event where GPS doesn't work, and your kids will be ready to survive. There we go. Now, if it's zombie apocalypse, that's different. And in fact, I'd recommend find a way to die early. That's where our plan is. Yeah. Yep. All okay. that aside. Well, if it is your birthday today, first of all, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I almost said something filthy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should cut you off right here. No. It's been a long drinking Sunday. Uh, I'm happy and I mean thrilled to tell you if you were born today, you share your birthday with Chi Omega Women's Fraternity, my mm-hmm. alumnus group. I'm an alum yeah. of them. Uh, Chi Omega was founded on this very day in 1895 at the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. So there's that. Yeah, sorry. No. What? No, I mean, sorry. Congratulations. For. You're, I have some caramel. Shut up. I will rescind your Chi Omega Man Award. There's no way to do that. I can. I have the power. No, you don't. To do that. In fact, uh, it was recorded in the annals of Chi Omega History. That's how they pronounce it because they're pretentious, and it's locked in. Okay. Um, also, I didn't keep the plaque. Yeah, you threw it out. Yeah. Some Chi Omega Man you were. I I didn't put a lot of weight in it. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Okay, you also share your birthday today with Christopher Kid Reed of the American rap duo Kid and Play. Yeah. So there's that. And also actor Sterling K. Brown, best known for his roles as Christopher Darden in the FX series The People vs. O.J. Simpson. He also now, right now in this moment in time, plays Randall Pearson on the NBC series NBC, yeah, I was NBC series. Don't forget the C. Yeah, This Is Us. So, NB is a different network. Yeah, probably. Happy birthday all around. Happy birthday. I'm so, sorry, but happy birthday. Uh, so, once again, it's Monday. Kyle allowed me to take the producer reins. Yeah. I barely even skimmed the notes, so all of this is very unprepared on my part. So, if I read like I'm a third grader, it's because I am. Here we go. Last week in awesome. A California man named Scott Kohlbrenner recently won big on the Wheel of Fortune. It's a great show. Glad it's still going. Still going. Is Pat still around? Yeah, Pat and Vanna, both of them. Yes. Good for them. I hope they're just raking it in. I would hope so at this point. A a veritable shaton of money per episode. I hope they are. Good, I won. You shot Topo Chico out your nose. Whee! You did it. Well, Scott won $145,000. That's big money for Wheel of Fortune. That's big money for any show. Yeah. That's big. That's a sometimes a multiple of a year's salary sure. for a lot of people. That's yes. good money. Yeah. Um, good for him, though. Instead of just keeping all of that sweet, sweet Pat and Vanna loving money, he and his wife are donating it to two charities. One is Uplift Family Services, and the other is Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. Little do they know, both of those are scams. No, that's not right. Nope, that's not part of the notes. Anyway, Scott said, when I went on the show, I was doing it for the fun of it. And I said to my wife, if I do okay here, anything that I get, Let's give it to charity. He didn't know that okay meant one hundred and forty-five thousand <laughs> yeah. damn dollars. He's like, shoot. Yep. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I blew it. I guess if I can carry forward tax write-offs, we're good for the next decade. <laughs> well, he is making good on his intention, um, and maybe he was inspired by the show itself, which 
introduced a celebrity version of the show earlier this year. The show, the show which has been airing since the magical year of 1975, which was my 50th birthday. Mm-hmm, yes. It's hosted Drew Carey, Leslie Jones, Paul Rubens, after his movie theater incident. Much later. Um, yes. Terry Hatcher, Tony Hawk, the greatest skating legend of our lives, uh-huh. um, and many more. These people all have competed for the sake of whatever charity they support, and he followed suit. Yeah. So, good job, Scott. Good job, Scott. That's I like that story. It's a good story. Well, here's a little story about a teen's coat drive that warmed hearts, even the heart of old, good old Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, you bastard. Gosh. He is. You had so much color to the notes. I did not write that in the notes, you guys. Well, it's in parentheses, okay. to be fair. All right. Well, Highlighted in blue instead of yellow, and that's how we know who's supposed to read what. Yeah, that's how we do you it. You assigned you bastard to me. <laughs> All right. This is the story of a young man named Ashish Dakal. He immigrated to the United States as a refugee from Nepal when he was a child. Mm-hmm. and Well, now- when he was... When he was a child? Yeah, it was when he was a child. Okay. But now he's 18. He's a Okay, so he's no longer, by the law of the land, a child. If he were to get right. into fisticuffs Whoa. with someone, he's now prosecuted as an adult. That's true. That's true. I watched these things closely, or I did 70-some-odd years ago when I was 18. Okay. It was, it was critical at that point. I had to change my tactics. Done? Not even remotely (laughs) close, no. Okay, when Ashish was a kid, he did find himself the victim of bullying by classmates who called him a terrorist, used other derogatory slurs. His classmates deeply understood that Ashish's religion is actually Hinduism. Which is a peaceful religion. It is. And that misunderstanding partially inspired him to create a charity when he was a teenager that he created in 2019 called Ashish collects clothes now he got to go on the today show mm-hmm. he told today's show host hoda Kotbi, i practice hinduism and in hinduism service is very very important because you know we're taught to give and even if you don't have anything we try to give as much as we can so in his very first clothing drive that he put together he collected all kinds of clothing items for people experiencing homelessness things like socks shoes coats hats well when he went on the today show they connected him with one Mr. Mark Cuban. The bastard. <laughs> and Ashish shared with Cuban that someday he wants to be an entrepreneur like Mark Cuban. And mm-hmm. that he is hopeful that he so can... So he wants to grow up to be a bastard. <laughs> Good job, Ashish. Uh, he wants to be able to create a business that also has in mind giving back to communities. So Mark Cuban challenged him. Hey, why don't you do just a coat donation drive? Try to collect 575 coats. This is, just it's happened a last number month. off the cuff, right? Yeah, right. How about... Why not 573? I mean, it was what he, that was what Mark Cuban threw down on the table. Well, Ashish was like, I will show you in four days. He collected 3,000 coats. He out Cubaned the Cubans. He did, yes. Although, I, I don't think Mark Cuban's actually a Cuban. I didn't mean it that way. No. If anybody is now like Kyle's a Cuban hater, no. That's not what just happened. I don't think he is Cuban. Don't stop listening to the episode without hearing the full details. Okay. We've experienced this in the past. Yes. So, anyway, I thought that was a pretty cool story to have. That is a cool story. Although, he could have done without Mark. <laughs> the bastard. The bastard. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, I have encouraging news for everyone. For everyone. Okay, let's Not just you and me, but everyone. All right. This is supposed to be an asteroid-free century that is ahead of us. All right. Good to know. Now, what I don't know, because I didn't keep the notes, are they calling it the century of 2000? Nope, just like starting right now. Starting right now. So for the next 100 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I need to know. I need to know. I don't know how long I will or will not continue to live. I've already surpassed most insurance mortality tables, Uh but I need to know. Okay. It's important. Well, last week, NASA gave Earth the all clear signal. And it's really involved, it's a hand signal. Oh. Um, it's much like the first base coach signaling the batter. There's a whole lot of shit going on. You don't know what's the actual signal, what's a fake signal. Oh, man. It's a thing. If you don't have, if you never played baseball, don't have kids that played baseball, you should go look into this because it's involved. I feel like NASA made it needlessly complicated for the whole planet. what NASA does. Needlessly asinine signals for assholes, I believe is what NASA stands for. I could be incorrect on one or more of those words. I oh don't gosh. know. We need to remember, if we get you recording at night, it is just <laughs> off the complete it's, rails. It's been a day. Um, so there's a, the, the new telescope observations, um, and there's always new ones going on, mm-hmm. but the most recently new ones that NASA does, uh, they have ruled out any chance of Apophis smacking into Earth in 2068, which was a former concern. It was a concern, yes. It is, uh, this Apophis is a particularly gnarly 1,100-foot asteroid. And it looked like it might come really close, perhaps even frighteningly close to us in 2029. Uh, And then again in 2036, if in fact it didn't just collide with us in 29. Because you can't do both. You got to pick one or the other. Am I going to collide in 2029 or 2036? Yeah. Well, NASA ruled out any chance of the strike during either of those two approaches. Um, It feels odd to me that uh, that's a thing. But then they're now saying, well, maybe, you know, maybe 2068. But I do want to point out that's not a century. From either the beginning or current day, that's not 100 years. Here's the way I understand this news piece, okay? They call a century 20 years? <laughs> no. Listen. 40? What? What are you telling me? Listen. Apophis. I'm trying to listen. You're talking, you're double speaking me. What are you saying? I think that Apophis, I said Apophis in my mind. I don't know. This particular asteroid was the asteroid that if there was going to be a collision with Earth in the next 100 years, it was going to be this one. Bruce Willis said, damn no. Okay. That's he, already, right. he already did all this. There's he a movie. We've talked about yes. They got it covered. Him and Ben Affleck. So, yes. Yeah, so, there are these two potential years, 2029. The cheating bastard that he is. That's right. In 2036. and the, But then NASA was like, no, no, no. Just kidding. It's not going to happen then. But what about 2068? Yeah. And then... Recently, in the past week, NASA was like gave its complicated hand signal for the all clear. Okay, so even for twenty sixty eight, yeah, they did. They wiped. Look, read the next. They did the signal and then they wiped. Okay, yes, Um, that means apophis or apophis. Yeah, or apophis, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, It's it's off NASA's asteroid air quotes (laughs) risk list. Yeah, it is. Uh, But. It will come within 20,000 miles or 32,000 kilometers for those who are mileage challenged. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. On April 13 of 2029, enabling astronomers to get a good look. Now, based on other astronomical things that we've discussed, uh, it seems to me like it's a lazy bunch of bad words people that are pretty said bastards in this. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to rein it back in. Okay. Uh, because you can't just stay with the same. You've got to ramp it up or ramp it down. Okay. One or the other. Or ramp it down. Um, okay. Th- these are the people, whatever it was we were talking about the other day, they didn't know until like a day or two after 
the thing passed. Oh, shit, there's an asteroid. It's, come on, what are you doing? What are you guys doing over there? Well, they're trying to get some new hand signals put together, yeah, obviously. Plainly, with each other or something. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convicted of the responsibility of these people. Okay. I think they're getting government money. And they're not doing a damn thing to help us other than, oh, shit, you guys just got hit. Oh, damn, we did, too. <laughs> but I don't think they're responsible. You can't trust these people. And their hand signal system. Their hand signals are terrible. Yeah. They finally tried to recreate something that was already made because baseball's had that handled. Yeah. And baseball's a terrible sport, but they do have the hand signals covered. <laughs> How many people can you piss off in one episode? Hopefully everyone. That's my goal by the end of today. All right. This next news piece I chose for one reason. You, one have, reason to, only. you have to read how you titled it. A kerfuffle over a fluffle. Right. Because what is a fluffle? Well, a fluffle of wild rabbits. It's evidently a herd. Yep. It's called a fluffle. A fluffle of wild rabbits. And I do like I that. I do it. like that. It's good. Yep. That's a, that's uh, an instance of, in fact, our tax dollars well, being meaningful. Because it's not in the United States, unfortunately. Well, somebody's tax dollars. Yeah. It's the UK. Or no, it's the way it's Wales. Wales that's is part of the UK. Are they? Yeah. Okay. I suck at geography and who belongs to who. So sorry ish. About wait, what? The dogs are outside. Oh They're so confused about the dogs. Our dogs are outside. We're going to leave them out there. It's yeah. dark. It's okay. Yeah. Um, a bunch of, of wild rabbits dug up priceless archaeological treasures. Priceless even. Priceless ones. Uh, the, the bunnies burrowing as they do unearthed two artifacts, a 9,000-year-old Stone Age tool. Yes. And a 3,750-year-old piece of pottery right likely from a broken bronze age urn while urn according this is all according to the wildlife trust of south and west wales which manages skokholm or skokholm i'm saying skokholm but it I have no Could idea. Could be either. I'm going to say Skokholm okay. because I don't want to confuse it with Stockholm. Okay. That's a different place. Yes. Skokholm. This is where the objects were found. Okay. Now, I have a question. Yeah. You don't have an answer. This this unearthed broken piece of Bronze Age urn, was it broken before or after the bunnies got there? Well, I don't know. I could not tell you. You can't trust a fluffle. You cannot trust a fluffle. They're going to be irresponsible. They, they're known treasures. for their irresponsibility. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yeah, they definitely rabbits yeah. usually are. Okay. Now, archaeologists have discovered similar artifacts on the UK's mainland, but these new findings are the first of their kind in Skokholm, uh, on Skokholm Island. It's an island, as it were. Uh, and it indicates that humans either visited or lived there thousands of years ago. Yeah, that's right. Isn't this exciting stuff? That's the thing. Here's the thing about archaeological finds. Yeah. They always indicate humans at some point in time. Do they? In the past. You correct? don't you don't unearth nothing and be like, oh because it's nothing. You have to find shit that was like, well humans did that. Otherwise we, we're not that interested. Very Poignant point. Yeah. Well, archaeological findings over the over the years have showed evidence of prehistoric people on this island, but little is known about them. Mm -hmm. They're mysterious. I feel like I slipped into Tucker Carlson for a moment. I didn't mean to. I don't really like him, but I I feel like I channeled him, and I apologize for that. Uh, starting in 1324, Skokholm Island became. A rabbit farm. A rabbit farm. Not a rabid farm, but a rabbit farm. And was so for the next 200 years. So that's 1324 to 1524, if math serves me correctly. Can you imagine? It's an island with a rabbit farm. It sounds like a miserable place. Well, there's going to be a lot of rabbit turds there. That's the thing. And they're, they're like Those little hypnotically round. How yeah. do they crap so round? I don't know. It's magic, 
my grand, my granny. I was going to say my grandma, but no, she was my granny. Yeah. There's a difference if you know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, she kept rabbits, mm-hmm. and the bottom of the cage was was mesh, and for some reason, it was necessary to keep them multiple feet off the ground. Evidently, because they cracked. Oh, yeah. So much that it stacked up from the ground almost directly into the cage in a perfect pyramid of perfectly spherical turds. It was kind of amazing. And as a bonus for today's episode, uh-huh. um, my granny had eight children. Yep. My dad was the fourth. Fourth, yeah. He was the second boy, the fourth child. Yeah. Um, he had two brothers younger than him. Mm-hmm. And... He'd convinced the youngest of the two mm. that a rabbit turd was a smart pill. Yep. He just kept after him. No, it's a, it's a smart pill. It's a smart pill. And talked him into actually trying to consume one to become smarter. And oh, as soon as he did, no. my dad told him, now you're smarter. You'll never eat rabbit crap again. <laughs> Thankfully, he didn't die because <laughs> evidently people had greater constitutions back then other than when consumption hit. That was, you can't. You can't outrun the consumption. <laughs> but that all happened. I'm, I'm, who are you even? You are I just on I can't, fire today. I can't stop this. talking. Um, yeah. Well, I don't even know where I am. Oh, do you want me to take over the Yeah, notes? you should go for a while. Okay, so here's what happened. Two of the wardens um, on this island. Wardens? Rabbits? Well, because I think there are still, like, I think it's like a park there were situation. Some angry <laughs> I think it's a park situation. Rage now. rabbits. I feel like it's no yeah, rage rabbits. <laughs> I feel like it's known as like Dream Island. And so Richard Brown and Giselle Eagle were there. They're monitoring the island. It was all on lockdown. I guess they just had to keep an Giselle eye on those Eagle. rabbits. That's a great name. It is, okay. They were, you know, monitoring rabbits, watching rabbits do what they do, and they found a smooth oval-shaped Stone Age artifact first. It was a rabbit turd. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was just an old one. It was smushed down into an oval. <laughs> yeah. Smoothed out over time. Yes, it was just the weight of its own turdiness. Yeah. Well, they found it near a rabbit warren. They described it as an interesting-looking pebble. Maybe it was yes, just. It was a, a smart pill. There we go. Um, they emailed the photos of this pebble that they found to a man named Toby Driver, who is an archaeologist with the Royal Commission of Wales. Uh, he, in turn, contacted prehistoric stone tool expert Andrew David. As soon as he saw the images, David knew it was a significant find. Yes. It was clearly from the late Mesolithic, which is the Middle Stone Age. It was a beveled pebble, a tool thought to have been used in tasks like the preparation of seal hides for making skin-clad watercraft. Are there seals near whales? Maybe there were 9,000 years ago. I thought seals were Alaskan. Well, I mean, whales whales is, it's it's not, I don't think seals are only Arctic. I, don't I feel like there's seals I don't in know. Canada. My seal knowledge is limited. I just yeah. know they're delicious. We're, we're, we are in a landlocked state. I don't eat seals, okay? You do not? Uh, also, could have, this pebble could have been used for processing foods like shellfish, um, again, 6,000 to 9,000 years ago. And so just a few days after this huge, significant discovery, Brown and Eagle found another artifact. This was the piece of pottery. Rabbits had dug out of the same hole as the previous find. And so the two of them were like, to our very untrained eyes, these do look very old. So again, dating, uh, looking at the, what they had it analyzed or whatever, dating from the 21, from 2100 to 1750 BC era. So what has apparently happened is that there was an early bronze burial mound built over a Middle Stone Age hunter-gatherer site. And it's all just okay. been there in the dirt so of this like island off of Wales. Thousands of years of people's landfill. Basically. Because you don't you don't put good pottery, unbroken pottery. Right. It's like, yeah, it's broken. And you throw it over into the place. Yeah. And then, and then rabbits crap on it. <laughs> rabbits poop a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. The only thing they do more than crapping is humping. Everyone <laughs> oh knows Lord, this. I Everyone know. knows this. 
Maybe it was cutting. That's what they do. Yes. So for thousands of years, it's been the layers have built up over time until these rabbits got got busy with their digging and found these things. I just thought this was such an exciting discovery. It's fascinating. And awesome, even. Perhaps. Here's something that some people might find to be awesome. Okay. Apparently, it's time to bring on the diapod. Well, I've got one, so I'm here. Recently, dating site, dating.com, I did not know dating.com was still in existence. It feels very weak in comparison to all the other dating sites, but maybe it's still a thing. Apparently it is. There's like four people on it. Well, there's at least, they at least are in contact with 2,000 people because Mm. they did a survey. 2,000 profiles, let's say. I would guess many people have multiple profiles. It's possible they do. They conducted a survey, 2,000 participants, 75% of the respondents to that survey said they prefer the soft and round male body type to a more toned one. Well, that's unfair. I feel like a true dad bod is toned everywhere except the midsection. Is that right? It's what I feel like. It's what I look like. Um, okay, so they found that 20% of participants claimed that the body shape did not matter at all when coming to when it comes to finding a partner, and only 15%... Are you talking about, like, somebody to enjoy being around or just humpies? Oh, my Lord, I hate that word. Um, it just says... It's, like, a, it's a descriptive word. Mm-hmm. It's what dating sites often are for. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wrong? No, you're not wrong. (laughs) But look, it says when it comes to finding a partner, I do not know if that means a one-time partner or if it means a long-term partner. I'm just trying to tell you what the survey said. Well, the Humpy's partner. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You disagree. That's fine. Uh, 15% liked a Barbie or Ken (laughs) Ken like body type with a complete with a smooth place. The smooth. I like a man with a smooth, confusing area. Oh, my goodness. So, very fit, in-shape bodies are often seen as the ideal when it comes to attracting a partner. This is according to Maria Sullivan, the vice president of Dating.com. Mm-hmm. However, users of Dating.com just proved, they proved, all 2,000 of them, yeah. that it isn't always the case when it yeah. comes to real-life romances. I like a fat belly and a smooth spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Maria was happy to confirm that that their their people are more interested in what real world people look like. Yeah, I'm calling like- bullshit on that deal. <laughs> but let's move ahead. It's time. Oh my gosh! Did we, make it? Did we make it to world? Where are we? Read, listen, life style. Yep. What do we got? What are you watching? What are we watching? Well, and reading. Because well, you com- you combined them? <laughs> combined them. You you meshed them together with their fat belly and their smooth spot. <laughs> this is it. I can't, uh, can I even post this episode? I don't know. I don't know. It has been off the rails for a while. <laughs> so we're continuing to watch Lost. Yes. It's good. It's good. I cannot get enough of. It's true. I've never seen you stay awake so late. It's as true. As what's been happening recently. I can't stop myself. One more. Just one more. And again, mm-hmm. they're 40-minute episodes, so you just you can just keep them rolling through. So we're continuing. We're, we're well into season two of Lost now. And so I, Kyle, I confess to you this morning, I've returned to some old habits that I had. Oh, I knew you would. On our, on our first viewing of Lost years ago, what was that, 2011? No, 2010, maybe. Whenever yeah. Netflix very first started streaming. Maybe before that even. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I would stay up late into the night reading message boards. I loved the message boards and commentary at a site that's now, unfortunately, no longer operating called Television Without Pity. They had fantastic discussions. Well... This morning, Nico got up at four and didn't that's go back early. to sleep. That's early. If anybody was confused, that's early. Yeah, he did not go back to sleep. So we came downstairs to watch some Wiggles and some Laurie Berkner. And I uh, 
just happened to open up my phone. <laughs> accidentally yeah. lost myself. I lost myself in reading Lost Commentary from years ago and was reminded of so many awesome things and learned some new things. For example... The character of Mr. Echo, mm -hmm. who plays a huge role in season two, was meant to be a character that took them all the way through to the end of the series. He, his backstory, his interaction with the island, all of it pointed to him having a major, like, significant symbolic connection to the island, the mythology of the island, all of these things. Well, as it turns out, the actor who plays Mr. Echo is from London, and he simply hated living in Hawaii. Which, which is was, where it was filmed. Right? Where Lost was filmed. And begged the show uh, producers to let him out of his contract early. He hated it there so much. And so they yeah. ended up writing Idiot. him out. <laughs> Idiot. Writing him out of the uh, script uh, in the beginning of, of season three because he hated it there so much. But I never knew that. And watching it, you're like, when he... He leaves the show when he dies. It's like, oh my gosh, he's like so, it's such a huge part of what was happening. Right. And like, he's, why? He's the counterpart to John Locke. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, the better version of John Locke. Exactly. Why they couldn't have killed John and begun filming in South Africa or somewhere else yeah. just to keep Mr. Echo involved. I don't know. Well, here's another interesting thing. Because... Mr. Echo, that character, leaves the show, then the showrunners end up putting onto the character of Desmond a lot of the sort of ideas and plot arcs that they had for Mr. Echo. And so in the end, I mean, Desmond is like probably one of the most beloved characters of Lost. And so it all worked out. But still, just I spent a not small amount of time in the wee, early, dark hours of the morning just happily reading. Did you cry? When I was reading? Yeah. No. Just during the episode. Only during the episode. Because we had, we just watched the reunification of Jen and Son mm -hmm. and Bernard and Rose. Rose. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That was, I knew, I knew the waterworks would occur. Yep. It was, it was a little tearful. It was. So I've been watching and reading. If I had emotions or a heart, I probably would have cried as well. Unfortunately... At this very advanced age, I'm more robotic than anything. I just rely on all the machines that keep me alive. <laughs> that you plug into at night. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so that was that was both watching and reading. Yes. What about listening? Okay, I also just completely binge listened to an, a podcast that actually came out in 2019. It's not new. It's called Bear Brook. It's true crime. It's about... Um, the discovery of four bodies in a New Hampshire park. They were discovered, uh, two of them discovered in 1985, and then the other two in the year 2000. There's been this mystery around who these bodies were. It was a woman and three children. Um, so pretty brutal stuff, but this was, listen, Kyle, you know, I listened to a lot of true crime. A yes. lot, a lot, a lot. I realize this because you don't listen to me. That. Which means you have a lot of damn free time. <laughs> so um, I have listened to a lot. And I've heard people through the years talk about how great Bear Brook is. Mm -hmm. When it first came out, I gave it a try. I was like, I don't know. This is pretty brutal. I don't know if I can listen to it. I went back, listened to the whole thing over a matter of a couple of days. It's only eight episodes. It is top three, one of the best podcast series I've ever listened to. It's so great. So I listened to that. Wow. That's saying something. You've listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Okay. So Bear Brook. Yes. If you're not listening to that, you're basically cheating yourself. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the subject materials, it's it's a little rough, but they don't really dwell on the sort of upsetting nature of that part as much. And it's more the unraveling of who were these people. They had no idea. And then gotcha. how that mystery unravels. We have spent a not a small amount of time. In the new and improved, fancied up version of... It's the makeover version. Makeover version of Lola the Jeep. Lola the Jeep. Lolita Esperanza the Jeep. The pirate Jeep. Yeah. Listen, if you are not a member of Awesome Today, yeah. just for the sure sake, because again, admittance requirements are low. 
just for the sake of seeing pictures of her, you should come over to the group. There's a few in there now. There will be more to follow from this makeover. She's pretty incredible. Yep. We dropped her off Tuesday, right? <clears throat> Tuesday afternoon, expecting to get her back midday on Thursday. Yeah. The problems. Problems occur quite often. Yeah. Problems did occur. Mm -hmm. And we got her back, what was it, 6.30? I think 6.30 Friday. Evening. Finally, when I left there. Yeah, yes. Friday evening, not morning. Yeah. Um, it was it was a, a chore. But we did get her back. Now, i got to take her back. There's some things that are problematic and we got to get addressed. It'll be an ongoing saga, I'm sure. But we got her back. We got three and a half inch lift kit. We got 37 inch tires. Um, now most Jeeps, most Jeeps come with like a 31 inch tire. So that's a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. The Rubicon, which is what we have, comes factory with 33, but even from 33 to 37. Oh my goodness. It's significant. Plus a three and a half inch lift. Plus kit. the lift. It's a thing, man. Yep. I I pulled up, I parked. Uh, I had had to go to Lowe's yesterday. It was yesterday, yesterday, and I'd parked away from everyone because I don't know. I don't want anybody opening their damn door into my Jeep. Mm -hmm. Well, a two-ton moving truck parked next to her, way out in the outward portions of the lot. And when I got in to my Jeep, I looked over and realized I'm at eye level. With the maybe, moving truck. Maybe just a little bit above looking down. Oh, dang. She's big. Yeah. She's yep. a big girl. So we've been having so much fun just going on drives. Yes. And this evening, you said, why? Because you've been mostly driving. I love to drive her, but I, I offered. You said, why, why don't you? Well, let's go for a drive. You drive her around. Mm -hmm. And so we did. We put that top back and rolled down the windows Driving around, you DJ'd up an amazing playlist. I worked hard. I, I had to use one hand because you were pretty aggressive in your driving, and I had to hold on to the oh shit handle on more than one occasion. I, were you being overly dramatic, or you really were like it was? It was a little aggressive. <laughs> I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying I had to hang on. It's so fun to drive. I just it keep really saying is. that. I just cannot believe. How much fun a vehicle can be. Yes. So. If if you are now or soon in the market for a vehicle, you owe it to yourself to at least go test drive. Test drive. A Jeep. Mm -hmm. They are incredibly fun. Now, if you've got a long commute and you're used to a BMW, Lexus, Cadillac, smooth, quiet drive, and that's what you enjoy, then you'll not like a Jeep. Mm-hmm. Jeep's a little bumpy. Yes. It's, it's kind of fun. You feel what you're doing, all of that. It's different. Yeah. But if, if I don't know, try it out. Try it out. Because even if you're used to those other things, you may ride in the Jeep and be like, this is real. Mm -hmm. This isn't, in, there's no bullshit about this. This is a real deal. Yep. It's a lot of fun. It is. We've been having so much fun. We've only, yeah, I've only had her. Back for two days, really. Right. Well, and we loved her before that. We yeah. had her for just almost a month before we got these upgrades yes. done. But it's even more fun now. We're yeah. higher up. And, and honestly, the upgrade on everything, the the ride is, it's a, a, kind of a confusing topic to approach. It's, I would say it's smoother, but it's not like you're, you don't feel bumps. You feel them. They're just not jarring. Right. So it's a better than factory ride, but part of the, the thrill of the Jeep is that you you still kind of get to be present yeah. in the moment. Oh, I hit a bump, and you, oh, yeah. you feel it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been pretty awesome. But what, of all the songs, <laughs> of all the songs that we listened to as I DJed through while you drove like a bat out of hell, what did you enjoy? Well, you picked some great 90s hits, really fun driving around music. This is not your typical driving around song that was one of my favorites, but I haven't heard this in a while. But you pulled up Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. I did. It was highly, highly enjoyable. You liked it. I think we hit 3,000 RPMs and went airborne briefly. <laughs> 
there was some good stuff yeah. on that. So, yeah. I think that's really the bulk of our lifestyle right now. It was, it's, you know, when you've got a lot going on in your life, which we do because of kids and sickness that's been here and all of that, you grab any any moment of freedom that you can and you try to live in it. Yes. And that's what we did and it was good. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. So, wow. Any other things? I think that's it. Okay, well, I do hope, truly, honestly, and perhaps even desperately, that you have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. If a dating site is celebrating the dad bod, then it may not be trustworthy. Don't tell Kyle. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.